0: Welcome to Season 3 of the J.K.R. Podcast presented by J.K.R. Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the J.K.R. Podcast with Season 3 of Episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J Care Podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparaco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the J.K.R. Brand Ambassador Program and the J.K.R. Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the J.K.R. Brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the J.K.R. Brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig in today's episode after word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beachwood straight grains mean for less bricks, and mine Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, On Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the J.K.R. podcast. Today we have Slammers catcher and right-handed pitcher, 2025 Oklahoma State baseball commit Quinn Shambo on the J.K.R. podcast for the Illinois Baseball Series presented by Mind Baseball. Quinn, pumped to get you here on the show for the final week of this Illinois Baseball Series. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Hey, of course, man. Um, but, you know, before we dig into the whole baseball side of things, you know, talking about Slammers, high school ball, going to Oklahoma State, digging into the position side as well, um, I got one question I always like to ask everybody to get the podcast started, and that is, for those who don't know
1: you, how would you introduce yourself? Who
0: exactly is Quinn Shambo?
1: I mean, uh, my name's Quinn, as you might have known. Uh, but, I mean, I see myself as a leader, um, fun guy to be around. Uh, I play baseball and football so usually um I mean just a good I guess so overall athlete I guess um but um as a quarterback and catcher it kind of corresponds my same arm slot but um I guess I mean I love playing baseball it's obviously my love so yeah
0: Okay so you talk about being a leader, obviously quarterback being a catcher as well. Kind of the two leadership positions there on the field. You said football season just ended, so before we dig into baseball, take us through how was that junior football season like?
1: I mean yeah, it was amazing. Um we have a great offense here, new offense coordinator. So we had some uh, a lot of touchdowns and uh didn't end the season that we wanted to with a 5 and 5 record, but um it was a tough season. We battled adversity. We lost two overtime games and a tight one to our rival. So to end the season off, but, um, I mean, we made playoffs, but we lost that one, but I mean, it was, it was fun. I mean, I love football, um, obviously still throwing, which is what I love to do. So, I mean, yeah.
0: Okay. So going into your senior year, second year of that offensive coordinator, obviously you're, you know, that man of that team now being the oldest guy, what are those expectations for that 24 fall?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I think that expectation is pretty high. They were they were high this year for us. I mean, we didn't uh, exceed the expectations like we wanted to, not the record we wanted. But, I mean, we have some pretty good studs all around the board, young, young uh, class. We have a freshman receiver that played with varsity this year, sophomores, juniors. So we're a young team that is uh, looking to improve next year and uh, hopefully have a big fall.
0: Okay. So, you know, we talk about high school football. Let's go ahead, dig into high school baseball, playing for, I believe it's what, Libertyville, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So playing for them, going through your freshman, going through your sophomore year, kind of throwing it back here. Take us through those first two seasons of high school baseball.
1: Yeah. I mean, those uh, first two seasons were amazing. Um, I mean, I love high school baseball. You get out there and play right away. Um, It was fun. And then uh, my freshman year, I started off on jv i heard i broke my wrist early on in the season so i had to recover from that and then ended up playing with varsity at the end of the year um and then racked up multiple hits and then that led me on to my sophomore year which was a pretty good year for me um especially defensively that's when i really learned that uh, i was a catcher and my arm plays pretty well um and then yeah um i hit well we faced some great pitching great pitching in our conference. We have. About five plus D one pitchers on the other teams, and including our team, we have a 2025 left handed pitcher just committed to Air Force. My buddy, so we have some pretty good pitching, and I mean, I'm looking forward to next year. But my sophomore year was it was awesome playing with my seniors, and it was. We also have a pretty young team this year, so
0: yeah. So you kind of throwing it back there to your freshman year, said you kind of you know had an injury, started off on JV, made that jump up to varsity. What was that transition like, being a guy who was a couple years younger than probably that average player, going from JB to varsity? What was that adjustment? What was that transition like?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it was just – I just uh, basically had no expectations. I just played – I mean, I obviously have expectations for myself, but I just played freely. Um, just played like I'm playing a game with my buddies, even though they're a little older than me. We had a senior catcher who was a stud. He went uh, – he's at a Juco right now, so I was behind him. And then I played – and then I obviously filled in the catching role, and then I hit, I hit pretty well. I remember I went like, I think I went seven for eight my freshman year at the end of the year, um. But that was fun, and then obviously seeing the playoffs with uh my team, that was a good atmosphere, and then leading to my junior year, which was last, which was last, wait, yeah, last year, my sophomore year. It helped. I mean the playoffs, um, the atmosphere. I was, I guess, ready for it. Um, but yeah.
0: So, you said there, what was it, your freshman or sophomore year, you were playing behind a Juco catcher. Was he a big guy that maybe took you underneath your wing, took you underneath his wing, kind of showed you the ropes of high school baseball and kind of know the right way about playing, you know, at that upper level, next level?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, He's, I've known him ever since I was a kid. Dylan Holmes, um, but he's, he was a stud. He um, hit well, caught well. So, I mean, I was uh, obviously training, working with him and, obviously all Libertyville. So, I mean, he, he was a great kid. I mean, um, just embodied me coming up, obviously playing with him. I could have probably played earlier, but um, I obviously had an injury and all that, but he was, he's a stud. So, I mean, it was awesome to be behind him and be with him.
0: So playing your first full playing your first full spring of varsity there last spring kind of now that you know what's now that you know what's coming what are some of those expectations there for that twenty twenty four spring for yourself but also for this Libertyville team?
1: Yeah, um, I think we're a very young team. We we have high expectations for ourselves. We won conference five years in a row, so we're gonna try to keep that going. Um, obviously, we have some great pitching, very young talent, um, and we've had. I mean, we've had pretty good success here at Libertyville, um, like 70% win rate. And I mean, we're looking to be in the state contention, going to state hopefully this year and then making it far in playoffs, obviously, uh, hopefully. So, I mean, we have good pitching to do that. And um, I mean, we got the bats too, so.
0: All right. So you guys got a young team earlier. You called yourself a leader. How do you see yourself stepping into a leadership role this upcoming spring, finally being that upperclassman, a guy who's probably played year, year and a half of varsity experience? How do you see yourself stepping up as a leader?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think I'm a leader and uh, just helping out the young kids because we're going to have, a obviously, a young team this year too. But, I mean, my experience uh, with varsity and baseball has been ever since I was a kid, so I know what it takes, I guess, and how to um, mentor the younger kids and – Teach, um, I mean, whatever they need. I mean, I'm there for them. So, yeah.
0: Okay, so playing in, I believe Libertyville is a suburb of Chicago. You know, through yeah. these past couple of weeks, have learned about a lot of great time guys. Obviously, I think Ezra Essex is another Oklahoma State commit yeah. from that Definitely. from a suburb of Chicago. You know, there's all those Liberty Liberty. Uh, what was it? Uh, Lincoln Wave teams that are you know obviously great as well. You when know, you think of uh, let's see, Sir Jameson Jones in that twenty-four class, you know lots of great talent there in the city of Chicago and a lot of those suburbs. Take us through what that competition level looks like in your area. I know you said there's five Division One pitchers in your conference as well. Take us through what that competition level is looking like.
1: Yeah, I mean usually high school baseball is the easier version of summer, but I mean for me and our conference in Illinois baseball, it's really not. I mean it's really you're playing in cold weather tough pitchers you're facing which is obviously I love I love stepping up to the competition I don't I mean I love facing great guys I love being with great guys on my team and all that so I mean the Chicago talent the Illinois talent's pretty awesome um obviously we played we played New Trier we played some top teams linkway east we battled with them we in last year New Trier game I believe we went we went to extra innings we lost that and then we also I think we lost in the top of the t- or extra innings against Lincoln Bay East and Tyler Bell, who's a Illinois kid. Um, But yeah, I mean, the talent level in Illinois is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Like you said, you know, uh, you know, usually for most kids, you know, high school is a little bit easier, uh, easier than travel baseball. So it's kind of their like, you know, warm up to summer ball for you with, you know, facing such great competition. What is that transition going from high school ball in the spring to travel baseball in the summer?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I thought the transition was pretty good for me. Um obviously we I faced some pretty good pitching compared to the summer. Um I would kind of I mean it's kind of like the same if not better level of competition in the summer seeing more I mean the arms are fresher. Uh it's summer it's hot so throwing a little harder but um the transition for me was it was pretty good. I mean I caught good pitching. Good pit, there's some good pitchers in my program that I catch so the transition for me was um, I mean, good, yeah.
0: Okay, so talking about travel baseball, it's looking like you're playing for the Slammers. It's kind of what I got off of PBR. Um, yeah. Take us through your travel baseball experience, you know, getting connected with the Slammers, potentially some other teams you've played with as well. What's that travel baseball experience been like so far?
1: Yeah, um, I've played with – I've known Slammers ever since I was a kid. We were from Moodyville. Lake Bluff, 10 minutes away from my house. So I've played with them ever since uh beginning of travel baseball haven't left haven't um played for anyone else um but there's a fall team that i'll be playing for uh, this fall chicago scouts Scouts association obviously i couldn't be with them this year and the previous year because of baseball but um jupiter's a huge event i was going to go this year but i decided not to because football and obviously the draft would be my senior year so i'm really preparing for uh preparing for college and uh hopefully the draft we'll see what happens there but um uh, yeah, I've been with Slammers all life. I have some great coaches here. Great catching coach that I love. I mean, he's played in the big leagues, Gary Bennett. His kid uh, went to Mizzou, Garrison Bennett. And then his other kid, who's, I believe, Gavin Bennett. He graduated a couple years ago here. He's at Illinois. So obviously some good catching for me. And um yeah.
0: Okay, so you talk about that Chicago Scouts Association, obviously me trying to, I guess a little bit of background on me, I'm trying to be an agent once I graduate from school. So I hear a lot about that Chicago Scouts Association. Take us through how did you get connected with them? I know, uh, you know, they they performed pretty well down in Jupiter a couple weeks ago. So kind of take us through that connection with them and that excitement for playing for them in Jupiter next fall.
1: Yeah. Um, I've always had the connection with them. I was, being from Slammers, Slammers. We take, there's been multiple kids that play with Chicago Scouts, Scouts Association. Um, so, I mean, I've been really just waiting to play fall ball because I've always played football. So I've never really had the fall ball Jupiter experience. Um, but I was going to go obviously this year, but I couldn't cause of football, but next year I'll be going uh, to Jupiter. So, I mean, I've had that connection. I know they're very good program. Um, I mean, just top tier competition and Jupiter and playing all those big tournaments with the, some studs. So um yeah.
0: Yeah. Anytime you got some scouts coaching a team, that's always a team you want to be a part of. But
1: yeah, digging um, yeah. into the slammers here, obviously
0: you being a guy who's played them for quite a few year, quite a few years, I'm sure you've been able to build some good relationships with the coaches there, probably some of your teammates that are from that Libertyville, Chicago suburb area as well. Um take us through take us through some of those relationships with the coaches but also some of those teammates.
1: Yeah, um my head coach for my coach for my whole life, Coach Frank. I mean, he's been a role model, um he's like a second dad to me. Um I've been with him forever and uh the he partially owns the organization. Wait. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. But um Gary Bennett, he's also been a guy that I love. I've been training training with him a while. He's um been helping me a lot ever since I was a little kid. He's Helping develop me to uh, who I am today. Obviously, keep going to prepare me for college and uh, the obviously catching uh, pitchers and stuff. But um, I guess the off-season lifting and off-season training with all them really helps. And it being 10 minutes away from my house is pretty awesome. I have access to the facility whenever I want with the FOB. So, um, yeah, I mean, the relationship has been amazing. It's like my second home. So, yeah.
0: So you said you've had the same coach there your entire baseball career, you know, him, you know, so you've trained with Gary Bennett there for a long time as well. Not something you see very often when it comes to the travel baseball scene. You know, a lot of these programs have, you know, a certain coach for one age group, you jump up to the next summer, you know, playing for a different coach. What benefits do you think it's brought to you playing for that same coach your entire travel baseball career?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really gotten to know me as a player and obviously it helps when he knows me and he knows who I am, he knows my work ethic so he can tell scouts and recruiting coordinators I come to watch this summer. And, I mean, it's just been – we've developed a strong relationship with with um, our coaches. So, But our team has been very, like, together. So, with us having the same coach helps because when you get late in the tournaments, the team game, you can't just rely on one player to do great. It's a whole team game. So, I mean, we've just – we're all connected. We all – it's like – my second home and all of our players second home. So I've really had the same like team ever since I was a kid. There's been, there's been kids added, obviously, as kids have left other programs to come here and et cetera. But um, I guess we're really well connected and I'm really well connected with uh, the coaches there, especially coach Frank. So, I mean, yeah. So
0: with the Slammers being based out of Libertyville, are the most of your teammates, are they guys who are also your high school teammates or are they guys from surrounding high schools?
1: Yeah, um I would say there's about Mundelein, Libertyville, Lake Zurich, um uh, Lakes, uh gl- there's Glenbark North, but it's uh mostly our team is mostly Libertyville, and Mundelein, and Lake Zurich and Stevenson, so just teams around here basically. Um uh, but yeah. So with a lot of those schools
0: being local, I'm assuming you're playing some of those guys in the spring season when you're not playing summer ball. So uh you know, kind of what's that like? What's that transition going from Teammates to opponents, what's that mindset going into a game like that? You know, kind of take us through what that transition's like.
1: Yeah, Um. I mean, I love it. I love facing my teammates. Obviously, as a catcher, I catch I catch my pitchers all the time. So, I mean, I know, I know what to expect and I know what they have. So, I mean, I can tell my team what they have and stuff before even going into the game. So, I mean, it's awesome playing versus them, having a little smile on your face in the box and then obviously stepping into that box and serious and then, yeah.
0: Okay. So kind of throwing it back here to this past summer, you know, you playing for the Slammers, take us through what this past summer was like maybe some of those tournaments you were hitting. I'm sure you guys were, you know, making that drive up to Wisconsin for Creekside, potentially going to Grand Park, potentially going to, no, sorry, the rock in Wisconsin, potentially going to Kansas city as well. What are some of those tournaments looking like there for the Slammers this past summer?
1: Yeah. Um, the Slammers, uh, we had, uh, great tournaments this year. Um, I went we went to Creekside. We did well there. We played we were the number we were the one seed in pool play and then we ended up playing uh Bulls Black. Uh we played GRB and then we won. And then we went to I think the semifinals or the quarterfinals and then we lost Indian Bulls Black in a tough game. I think we lost by one, like seven to six. That was a tough game. But um that I, lo- I mean, I love Creekside. It was a great facility. A lot of coaches there and then Obviously, Grand Park, we've been, we go there every year. That was all. I mean, I love Grand Park. It's awesome. There's a lot of, a lot of fields, a lot of teams. So, um, we didn't, we didn't end up going to the Rock this year, but we also went to, we went to Georgia for the PBR national championship. Oh, uh, that was fun. It's a long, long tournament. So, but I mean, a lot, lot of games this summer, a lot of fun with my teammates and, I mean, performing, playing with them. It's been pretty fun. So, yeah, that
0: uh, that PBR event down there in Atlanta, I believe that's like a week long. So that's definitely a yeah. definitely a long tournament. Got to make sure there's a lot of lot of pitchers ready. I'm sure there met, had to be someone giving you a couple you know a couple games of rest there behind the plate as well. Um, but digging into the 2024 summer, obviously it's your 17U year. Last year, putting on that Slammers uniform, last year traveling the country with your boys. Kind of take us through with those expectations and what that excitement is for your 17U summer.
1: Yeah, um obviously I'm very excited for my 17th of summer um playing with this team, just seeing how much people grow in the off season and seeing how much it pays off in the summer. Um but I mean, I'm looking forward to it obviously with Slammers and other potential national programs, but um and all the different events for people and all that. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited for it and uh, obviously I can't wait for spring and then summer to come, so
0: Okay, so I got a two-parter question here. Last question about high school, last question about travel baseball. So favorite baseball memories from travel baseball, traveling, going to KC, going to Grand Park, going down to Atlanta, on the field, off the field. What would be some of those memories? And then digging into the high school side of things as well, going through your freshman, sophomore year, you know, starting to do some of those winter workouts as well for your junior year. What are some of those favorite memories that come to mind for high school baseball as well?
1: Yeah, um, I would say my favorite high school baseball memory was freshman year. Um, kind of a little sad story. My grandpa, my grandpa died, and then that day I played a game, and it was my first high school home run. So I mean that was easily my favorite memory, probably all time. But um, then my favorite travel ball memory, who was for sure. Would say my favorite travel ball memory was for sure Creekside. Um, just I mean we won every pool play game. We were all playing together that's what i love about our team we all play together i'll play as one it's not just one man show you I mean we all play together um and then yeah so what's
0: a what's a better facility creekside or uh, grand park
1: oh i would say i would say creekside just cuz i haven't been there as much and it's a little little further in kansas city i have family down there so yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. I've, I've been to Grand Park quite a few times. I'm an Indiana guy. So I'm going to have to go check yeah. out that Creekside facility, but yeah,
1: yeah. Um, digging into
0: the whole recruiting process here, obviously going to Oklahoma state there for that 2025 class. Let's dig into how that happened. Take us through that recruiting process. You know, when it get started for you, when was it that some of those division one coaches and programs started reaching out?
1: Yeah. Um. So I did junior future games, my eighth grade year. Um. That started basically my recruiting process kind of started, um, I would say sophomore year, but schools are interested in me, eighth grade, freshman year. Um, but obviously, I didn't go, I had football, so I couldn't go to all the camps and stuff. So freshman year, I really started to do that. And then it picked up kind of my sophomore year where I started to get uh, stronger. And then right before the deadline, I got uh, some calls. I got off from Northwestern. And then right when that deadline hit, it we couldn't talk to any coaches so then I went to uh, Fiji, a national event, and then I put up some numbers there. And then Oklahoma State has been – they've been following me all – they've followed me from uh, basically all all summer. And then I uh, – obviously when August 1st came, I figured it out, and then they called me. But, I mean, the recruiting process was awesome. I mean, a lot of schools reached out on August 1st, which is great to hear. But um I didn't really, I guess, think about it. I was just playing playing a game of baseball. So, yeah.
0: So being a freshman when that whole recruiting process was getting started, obviously that happened a lot back in the day, obviously not now with that new regulation that you brought up. But, you know, being a freshman when this whole recruiting process was getting started for you, talking to some different teams across the country, what was going through your mind? You know, obviously you're still four years away from stepping foot on campus. So, you know, kind of what's going through your mind through those first couple of phone calls?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, I didn't call. I didn't call school. Like school didn't talk to me freshman year. But um, we had schools reach out to my program and all that. But, I mean, it was awesome. It was over, not overwhelming. It was pretty exciting, obviously, me being pretty young. But uh, it mostly picked up, I guess, my last year. And then, obviously, the deadline hit. So you had to wait till after summer to talk to schools. Yeah.
0: So as those phone calls started coming in right before that deadline, kind of take us through what some of those conversations look like. You know, what are some questions that you're asking those coaches? What are some questions they're maybe asking you to kind of get to know you more off the field, get to know you more as a person. Kind of take us through what those are looking like.
1: Yeah, um, I had Northwestern. That was my main – that was the main school that reached out. Um, And then I talked to Jim Foster. He was a catcher. So it it was obviously – or not obviously, but it was easier to talk to him because he was a catcher. I mean, it was my first, first uh, official school that I talked to, Northwestern. Obviously, being a local school, he watched me play in spring. But him being a catcher was – I mean, it was – Fun to talk to him, obviously, because I knew what he was looking for, a catcher like me. So, um, yeah, um, but when I talked to schools August 1st and uh, whenever that when that picked up, I was just asking, obviously, I wanted to get to know the coaches. Um, and then I started to narrow down my options as all the phone calls came in um, because I have football. And I mean, I just needed to know. I mean, I just finding the best uh, schools to go to and best coaches and stuff.
0: Okay, so, you know, some schools start calling, you know, that regulation comes into play. So obviously, as you can't talk to them and you know August first is coming up, you know there's going to be schools calling. So what was that excitement, you know, let's say those last couple weeks of July leading up there to August first, knowing that some more schools are gonna be calling there very soon. Kind of take us through what that excitement was for August first.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've it was amazing. Um I haven't experienced it ever, obviously, because a sophomore junior in high school. So um I mean it was wouldn't say overwhelming because, I mean, I love baseball. love talking to everyone. So, I mean, I appreciate every school that reached out to me. It was awesome talking to them. um, But I mean, I was just very excited for it. I worked really hard for it. um, So, yeah, I've just been, yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm sure a pretty big event there that kind of came along with your recruiting process was going down to Georgia, going down there to Lake Point, playing in that PBR Futures games. Take us through what that experience was like. The atmosphere, the day to day. I know there's hundreds and hundreds of coaches there, so I'm sure that was a pretty, uh, uh, I mean, not overwhelming, but probably just you know, a, a, just a good event to be a part of. Um, kind of take us through what that event was like and how it helped your recruiting process.
1: Yeah, um, obviously grateful to be selected for that. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, played with some studs. Obviously, I knew I knew some of them. Um, got to know all of them, and then um, it's just great. It was awesome to see them committing. I've now they're committing and stuff like that, but um the atmosphere is amazing. We play with obviously tons of D one talent, tons of kids that are playing college baseball. Um, it was awesome. The com- competition level was pretty high. Uh, faced great pitching. Um, caught some great pitchers, and I mean it was just amazing. I mean, yeah, seeing all those coaches there was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, so you know with all those different coaches there at Lake Point during that week, was it hard? Not hard, but you know, how do you kind of block that out with so many coaches watching you? Kind of what's that mindset? How do you stay focused on the game of baseball with that many coaches there?
1: Yeah, um I was just myself. I I smile, have fun, play a game of baseball, don't think about all the intangibles, just play the game you love, you know and love. So that's what I was really thinking about. Obviously, you can't ignore the fact that there's hundreds and hundreds of scouts there, but um Obviously, just pre- performing, uh, being myself, blocking out everything, just when I'm in the box, when I'm behind the plate, just be you and be yourself.
0: Okay, so August 1st comes, you know, you go to the Futures games, playing in front of those coaches. The recruiting process starts to ramp up there. What were some of those key things you were looking for when it came to talking to those schools and comparing, you know, Oklahoma State to maybe some other schools reaching out?
1: Yeah, Um. I was – obviously, Um. I was comparing uh, – Obviously not just the school itself, education, but mostly the coaches, uh, what, what they were looking for, for in me as a player, um, mostly as a catcher. But uh, some other schools wanted a, like my arm, obviously, and didn't see where I would be. So, I mean, I kind of not cut that out. But uh, Oklahoma State um, and some other schools, a lot of other schools wanted me for catcher. So that's what I was really looking for. And I was looking for, um, obviously, over-recruiting, how many commits they have, um, I mean, a lot of intangibles that come along with it, but I guess I f- I fell in love with Oklahoma State and the coaching staff there is awesome.
0: Okay, so as you as you were going through, you started to realize that Oklahoma State was, you know, maybe a good opportunity for you, maybe checking off some of those boxes you were looking for. What was that final click that landed you there at Oklahoma State?
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, the final click was definitely Josh Holiday. Um, I mean, he was he's been the best coach I've ever ever talked to I talked to uh probably ha- handfuls of schools um but I mean sitting down to talk with them was awesome he watched me this summer and future games I mean he just uh believes in me as a player and thinks I can do big things there so um yeah and the their the way they prepare players for the MLB the draft and everything is just amazing so I mean it was just a good opportunity to play as well um as their had they had low they had like five or six commits um and they didn't have a catcher in 24 or 25 so i felt like it was a great opportunity for me and obviously to grow with uh josh holiday being there uh victor the catching coach and then all the other coaches that uh prepare me for oklahoma okay. state and draft.
0: so you talk about those great conversations you're having with josh holiday you bring up victor the catching coach some of those other coaches um can i take us through some of those relationships you have with that oklahoma state coaching staff and maybe how they've evolved the past couple months since you've committed.
1: Yeah, um, they, have, they check in on me all the time, ask how football is going, wish me luck on games. I mean, it's great talking to them. Um, just planning for this summer and then leading into my senior year and then just preparing me for uh, Oklahoma State and being able to make an impact right away, which is what I see myself doing and what they see too. So um, it's just been, it's been great talking to them. Um, I mean, I'm really starting to develop relationships with them. As will be my future coaches, so yeah.
0: So sticking on that topic of relationships, you know, I brought up Ezra Essex there earlier, another guy from Illinois heading down there to Stillwater to play his collegiate baseball. Um, what are some of those relationships you have with some of those future, uh, with those future Oklahoma State teammates?
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I've known Ezra. Uh. I've seen him at area coach tryouts. Uh. CSA. I mean, I haven't played with him yet for CSA, but um, he played a little bit with them. I think this fall. But um, yeah. Uh, there's not. I mean, Drew Winslow. He's also an Illinois kid that committed there. I was on the team with him in future games. Um, so, I mean, not not a lot of kids that are from obviously our area, I guess. But I mean, actually, a lot for. I mean, we have three. I think three Oklahoma State commits from Illinois. But um, I guess, trying to develop relationships, uh, talking to them, texting them, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But, for sure.
0: Um, but kind of digging into the last baseball segment here, you know, from the sounds of it, you know, it sounds like you're probably gonna go to that next level as a catcher, maybe put pitching to the wayside. Uh, but kind of what is that plan here these next, I guess, year and a half or so? Like, are you planning on only catching there next summer? Or are you still planning on being a two way? Kind of what's that plan heading into that freshman year to heading into that freshman year at Oklahoma State?
1: Yeah, um, I'm definitely, definitely only gonna catch. Um, I pit I mean, I sometimes pitch, I dabble with it. Have my arms feeling fresh, like in the summer, if we need me or something like that. Just, but um, I'm usually, I guess, my strong catcher. So, uh, that's really what I'm focusing on. Obviously, getting better at that and keep growing as a player, arm strength, everything, speed, all that.
0: Okay, so when you are behind the plate, kind of take us through. Are you uh, calling pitches, or are you letting the, the coach call those pitches?
1: Yeah, I'm calling pitches. Uh, I know my pitchers very well. And um, I mean, I can just tell sometimes with the batter and stuff like that, uh, who I'm, who we're up against um, and what my pitcher has. So, I mean, I've developed great relationships, especially with my high school team and summer team. I've been with them for a while, so I know what they have. I know it's the strong pitch, weak pitch, where they can throw it in the zone, um, good O2 pitches, all that.
0: Okay, so you talk about how you have great relationships with, you know, your high school, your travel baseball pitchers. You know, what benefits do you think comes from that? Obviously, knowing what type of pitches that they have, but beyond that, what are some of the benefits that come with having strong relationships and a strong just bond of trust with those pitchers on the mound?
1: Yeah, um, I feel like that's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing. I mean, you want the pitcher chooses you as a catcher. Um, They want you to catch them because you're you know them. You know what they're. You catch the ball right. You bring the balls back in the zone. Um, but I mean, for me, it's uh, it's kind of a second nature catching, just calling the pitches. But obviously, the relationship piece is huge to it. Um, my buddy Josh, I've been friends with him for a while. He's my Libertyville guy, so he I know what to call for him. We are on the, we're always on the same page, which will lead to hopefully a great game, great pitches, and then everything. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, you know, I know calling pitches is tough. Obviously, when you're playing travel baseball, playing guys from across the playing guys from across the country, guys from across the Midwest, so you can't have scouting reports on everybody. So, was there a little bit of a learning curve there? You know, when you first started calling pitches, starting to realize, okay, like you know, this type of guy, he's probably this is going to be one of his weaknesses. Kind of take us through some of those biggest learning curves as you're starting to learn how to call pitches there earlier on.
1: Yeah, um, I would say, wait, what was the question again? For summer uh, just, or- uh, either,
0: either just you know, just experiences that you've had learning curves, um, as you're starting to call pitches and you know, maybe starting to do scouting reports on um, some of the teams that you're facing.
1: Yeah, um, obviously pitching, calling pitches is tough, but um, not when you have great relationships. So, um, really, when I, I mean, I know it's a call for my summer guys, my high school guys, but when I go to showcases, it's difficult because kids are trying to throw really hard and obviously run up the gun, but um, I guess I learned that um everyone has a different i mean everyone has a strong pitch and a weak pitch, but um, I mean, it just depends on obviously the hitter pitcher itself, but yeah, I don't know
0: all right, so making that transition from the catching side of things to the hitting side, you know, let's kind of go ahead, let's dig in through the mechanics, you know, from that load up to that follow through, kind of take us through what some of those hidden mechanics are looking like and how maybe they've matured, how they've evolved as you've matured as a baseball player.
1: Yeah, um, obviously I've gotten stronger and everything. So, um, but I put my hand, I usually start, last year I started with my hands kind of like static, just in a spot where they won't, they don't move because obviously I learned that simple, simple is better. Um, and then so, but every, when I started facing good pitchers, good pitching, uh, I put my hands high so they don't get the I guess go past the high so I don't so I can catch the high ball but um, I kind of obviously put them in a spot that's comfortable create rhythm with my swing and then just load up and then use my legs and uh, quick hands to to make contact but not like not a not a crazy leg kick not a lot of motion with it just a simple swing that gets the job done Um, and yeah just thinking always thinking opposite field that's where most of my hits come and then adjust to inside pitches
0: Okay, so you talk about you know kind of going opposite you talk about going opposite field there. You know that's kind of one of your strengths. Let's kind of go ahead, dig into your hitting approach. Let's say you're walking up to that batter's box, maybe even on deck. You know what's going through your mind? What are you trying to do with each at bat as you're walking up to that batter's box?
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm an aggressive hitter, uh, but I also I'm obviously as a catcher I know what's a ball and a strike, so I go up there looking to hit, looking to swing the bat, and uh, emphasizing not striking out in the moment. So. Um, but obviously I time the time the pitcher up on deck. That's one of the most important things, and then all having a mindset of I mean, just very aggressive high school baseball. Just go out there and hit the ball, and uh, put a swing on it. Um, but obviously I've been I preach apo apo apo. Let so I can let the ball get deep, so I can see I see the ball longer. Uh, let it get deep, and then if you uh, and then adjust to the inside pitches with quick hands. Always be on time for everything. Okay, so are you a big two-strike approach
0: guy, or uh, you kind of keep it the same no matter what the count is?
1: Uh yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big two-strike approach guy. I changed it up this year. Uh when I'm in two strikes, I go no stride, don't strike out, just get the ball in play. Um, but obviously a lot, a lot of my hits came actually, nah, they were spread out. But a lot of my O two hits were solid contact to the opposite fields, just getting the barrel out there, seeing the ball as long as I can, fighting them off, uh, taking walks. But I mean, I'm a I'm an aggressive hitter, so it's really well, yeah.
0: Okay, so digging into your games entirety, so whether this is behind the plate, throwing guys out, you know, blocking balls, hitting, base running, whatever. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself?
1: Um, I would say an athletic kid. Uh, great, good arm. Um, moves well from the. I mean, anywhere in the field, but uh, soft hands behind the plate good approach uh, from the batter's box. Um, and then, I mean, great defensive catcher. That's what I've been priding myself on. Um, but yeah.
0: All right. So uh, we kind of dig into what you are as a baseball player right now. I got one final quote, one two part question here to end off kind of the baseball segment. So obviously like you, like we talked about earlier, head into the off season We're what week one or week two into it, kind of take us through some of those key points of emphasis into of this off season, but then also looking ahead to these next couple of years, going into Oklahoma state, what are some of those key points of emphasis there as well?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm for sure focusing on getting stronger, um, maintaining, maintaining strength or gaining strength, um, ma- maintaining my weight, uh, just putting, um, putting more power on the ball, throwing harder, um, getting faster, stronger, stronger mentally, stronger physically, Stronger everywhere, um, because obviously that'll improve everything, um, and then really working on, really, I mean, I'm working on everything, obviously, with uh my catching coach, my hitting coach, all that. So that's really what what I'm preparing for, getting me well prepared for Oklahoma State, coming to make an impact early.
0: Okay, all right. So digging into that last segment, like I said, like digging into that personal side here to end it off. First off, passions beyond the game of baseball. I'm going to kind of throw in football there as well. So passions beyond your athletic life. What are some of those hobbies you enjoy doing beyond the field?
1: Yeah, um, obviously, I love hanging out with my family and friends. Uh,
0: Moving on from passions to motivations. You know, what is it that helps you get out of bed every morning, help you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person? What would be some of those motivations?
1: Yeah, um, obviously, my motive. I mean, I have a lot of motivations to get – obviously, I want to be the best I can be. Um, Not just, obviously, rise above the competition, but um, I want to be the best person and player I can be. Um, And, obviously, I mean, big motivation for me is to go in and make an impact early at Oklahoma State. Obviously, I still have an, a year or two of high school left, but um, I just – I'm looking forward to this summer, this spring, and uh, going to Oklahoma State. So, I mean, I'm really – Trying to prepare myself well for that and um, what the future brings to me, so okay.
0: So, you talk about you know one of those motivations be just you know rising above the competition, continuously getting better. Let's look ahead, take that question a little bit further. Let's move fast forward 20 years down the road, everything's going right. You keep rising above the competition. What does that perfect picture of your life look like in 20 years?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I want to be, I want to be a professional baseball player, big leaguer. So, um, uh, I would say hopefully, I mean, major league baseball will be amazing. Um, and obviously been my dream of mine, um, ever since I was a young kid. So that would obviously be the goal and the dream it Should be awesome.
0: Okay. So i got six more questions here for you. Gonna ask them in a rapid fire pace, three rounds of two questions. First off, coolest contact in your phone. You're scrolling through those contacts. Obviously you talk about you've had a couple pro players train you, but um you know who would be that coolest guy that not too many people have? And second Ooh. off, go-to playlist, whether that's a long drive, whether that's working out, whatever, what is that go-to playlist you're going to?
1: Um yeah, the contact, I would say Oh. I'm going to think about that one. Um I mean, oh, we got. I mean, Josh. I mean, Josh Holiday is pretty cool. Oklahoma, you know, got got to go with him. Cooper Johnson, he played at Ole Miss. Um, I mean, that, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. I would have to scroll through my contacts right now, but.
0: And then what about that go to playlist?
1: Um. I would have to go with Drake. I would have to go with Drake, and then Long Car Ride. I would go with some country music, some Zach Bryan.
0: Okay, um, kind of moving into that second segment. Let's say I'm taking a trip to your part of Chicago. Let's say I'm taking a trip to Libertyville. What would be some of those recommendations you got for me? Restaurants, maybe some things to do. What are those recommendations? And then let's say you have dinner with three people,
1: dead or alive, who would be at that table? Um yeah I mean I would go I would go to Chicago I'll go see uh, Lake Michigan it's pretty cool especially I mean winter times I, I like winter so I like cold weather sometimes but uh and then dinner with three people dead or alive holy um jeez uh we're gonna go with Mike Trout Matthew McConaughey and then we got, oh man, uh, uh, Aaron Judge. I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. That's the first time I've had Matthew McConaughey mentioned. Obviously, Judge and Trout are pretty uh pretty popular there on that question. But first time yeah. getting, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey. You no, know, he's a pretty damn good actor. I have to say. Yeah, but like. That. <laughs> but uh, digging into the final two questions here for you, man. Um, first off, TikTok for you, page. You know, you're logging into TikTok. You're scrolling through that app. What are those different videos that you're seeing? And then final question dream NIL brand. You get to Oklahoma State, get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, partner, or collaborate with?
1: Yeah. Um, for TikTok, I would be, I would say dog videos for sure. And then my dream NIL brand would be Nike. Go easy, Nike. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, but like Nike. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a pretty popular answer. You know, if Nike's reaching out to you for, for an NIL deal or an endorsement deal, you must be doing something right as an athlete. So yeah, uh, yeah, sure. definitely, should, definitely should not be turning that down. But
1: yeah. uh, anyway,
0: man, that's the final question here for you on the JKR podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great getting to meet you great getting to kind of learn about your baseball career. Um, You know, as you go through these next, you know, a couple of years of high school ball going on to Oklahoma State, and hopefully years and years beyond that as well, hopefully playing pro ball. Um, I do want to wish you best of luck within your career. But yeah, again, thank I just you. Appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you.